We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Road of His Overtime. My name is Colm Kelly. You are listening to the Road of His Overtime podcast and my co-host as always is Sean Siegel. We are live on the clock in the Listener League uh, as we draft against the loyal listeners here of the RVOT podcast. But in this one, we are drafting in the $125 best ball contest. Uh, and this is going to be fun to see whether it's me and Sean or whether it's one of the listeners that heads to the playoffs throughout the season. This one, I think it's going to be fun especially if one of our guys are are ourselves sean in particular takes home the championship so we are into the seventh round i did tease it at the end of the last episode the seventh round the week seven by i did not do that on purpose but it's worked out quite well for the synergy the week seven by sean in this situation we have eckler chark and josh allen so far drafted there's a lot of our favorite guys in that week seven by does that concern you when you're drafting as to how you're constructing that roster Man, this is a frustration every single draft, right? Because you get halfway through and you're like, well, now half my guys are in week seven by, and you got to work around it. it. It seems like it comes up repeatedly, even though I do check in from time to time. And it's not like 24 teams are on the buy that week. It's just some of our favorite targets. And repeatedly that comes up for us. We do have those three guys. I was leaning a little bit toward Samuel because he has the six instead of the seven. And yet, we look at some of the players we still have to come, and I think there are people who maybe replace stylistically at least some of those points that Samuel would have given us in a way that's a little bit cheaper. So we have Jarvis Landry. We have high hopes for Elijah Moore. Rondell Moore supposedly is going to be used inside with the Cardinals, even though yeah, any pass that he catches at any point on the field could be taken the distance so we have some slot guys. Jarvis Landry does go there at the 7-11. He doesn't make it back around to us. Colin, as we look at what's going to happen here over the next couple of rounds, we're going to continue to lose these wide receiver targets. But you mentioned Tanyan. Ben is always pointing out that even if you take away those touchdowns, he's actually valued at a level that is pretty appealing. One of the things that we do see happen is that when someone has a breakout season like that, and it does look to be fueled by touchdowns, Maybe those touchdowns drop, but 
the player having had that impact the previous season leads to more volume in other areas of the field going forward. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tanyan takes a step forward from an overall volume perspective. It's not like they've added a number two receiver that you suddenly expect to start vacuuming up a bunch of targets. And so we still like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We still like Alan Lazard. You know, they're tricky fantasy owns. They're not necessarily people that you're wanting in that. They are decent. They are targets for us in this draft. (laughs) Right. Right. And so, you know, they've got some guys there. They have Amari Rogers, who some people are, are very high on. But in terms of someone who's going to come in and take those targets away, I think Tanyan is an interesting guy. You mentioned Mike Kosicki. He has the week 14 bye, but at a certain point, you're sort of on to him. At the same time, they brought in wide receivers, and in his offense, there actually might be more competition for touches. It's also a little bit annoying that he's missing a huge portion of training camp uh, due to virus-related issues. And, you know, there's plenty of time to overcome that. But he's not a hot player right now. It's not a surprise that he would be sliding. We selected Jonu Smith in one of the other listener leagues when he had fallen to a good level. Smith generating raves with the Patriots. I don't think that that's a surprise when you consider sort of his athletic profile and how he looks out on the field with the Titans. But he's never really matched the way he looks with points with targets, with overall volume. Do we think that changes now that he'll be outside of Tennessee in the low volume passing attack that they have? Or is it really just as big a concern that the Patriots, as they're currently constructed, are also sort of a low volume passing team? Yeah, I I don't really know if there's a huge difference between either situation overall and what we can expect. So there's a lot of question marks around the Patriots. You know, if Cam's in there, I know you're not, really uh we'll just play nice and we'll say you're not in on cam for this season but i think there's not a huge amount of difference i also think with hunter henry there who's somebody who's flashed in the past i'm not 100 sure if it's just gonna be a case where he can get all that work so i'm always conscious when it's you know without pads and when things are going well for players just to take that with a little bit of a, a pinch of salt he is somebody who's just athletically so so impressive we've seen him uh, with yards after the catch and things like that which you know if you can do that with a tight end we've seen with george kettle we've seen that with kelsey how valuable that can be i think it's interesting too you mentioned um tanya and i touched on him earlier in terms of like efficiency and i think this is where it can work and like a lot of his targets last year were based on play action and in that season he had 59 targets last year sean he had 52 receptions only targeted seven times where he he didn't get a reception like that that, that's incredible at 586 yards he had 11 touchdowns he was targeted eight times in the playoffs he had, <laughs> he had eight receptions so targeted 80 times in total 66 receptions so we're getting you know when we're talking about somebody getting targets he's getting targets that he's getting receptions and in this format if he even can match last year's receptions 66 you know with that point and a half premium is going to be interesting so we'll see how it plays here as we go back but i would start to be a little bit intrigued um and i know somebody um uh, you you like and uh, i really enjoyed the conversation that you had when david matt davis maddock was drafting along with you on henry ruggs i think he's interesting i think rondell moore is very interesting here i think robert tonyan and i think mike gasecki is very interesting I, I think if we can come away potentially over these next uh and as i say that robert tonyan was off the board i was going to say if we can come away with two of those guys and these next two picks would be very interesting anyone else sean that you're really uh targeting at that particular point off the draft like i have huge concerns now over uh michael thomas based on the news that's come out today we're recording this 
on Saturday, the 7th of August, but you know, seems to be that there was no communication really this offseason regarding the injury. He is still there at this point of the draft, and we are struggling for wide receivers. Is he somebody that we have to take a, a little glimpse at? He was someone I was just kind of looking at the news at as well, because once we get into this range, then you know it's hard not to be tempted, even if he's going to play a portion of the season. Now, we look back to where we are here, and you have to make it through the first section to have it be relevant, right? I mean, you've got to make the playoffs and you have to score points to that. And he got drafted, so that's another thing. Right. And so we're (laughs) we're saved from that decision by Rob drafting him two slots away from us. Rob is another team that is pretty running back heavy there. And so we can understand why he would have made that selection to perhaps redeem the the choices that he's made. Not that he needs to be redeemed, but just a good fit within the build that he has going on. We get to our pick here and we are looking at rugs, Rondell Moore. I think that given how wide receiver heavy the draft has been, that if we could get those two guys with these two picks, I would be pretty excited about how well we're set up to go forward. Is that kind of what you're looking at right here? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, it's up to you now between the two of them i hope we get both of them i think i i take rugs first uh, and then hope to get uh, more than in the comeback okay so we'll select henry rugs uh he has been a puff piece all-star with the raiders the last several weeks uh, I think that we want to take all of that, as you mentioned earlier, with a grain of salt because getting, he's going to get all those Nelson Aguilar targets. So we're going in. <laughs> right. So he's going to get the Aguilar targets. They're going to uh, force a lot of targets to him. He's going to be a manufactured touch player at the same time. If there's a player that that makes sense for him, and we think about someone else who's already off the board, Nicole Hardman generating very positive buzz in Chiefs camp but someone who still is sort of a lower level prospect than rugs, someone who almost certainly not as fast as rugs, although they've had some off season, I think virtual races in which Hardman has held his own uh, kind of a fun off season uh, <laughs> screwing around situation there. But we look at what the Raiders need from rugs and the opportunity available to him there, even though there's a difference between Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes and a big difference. We also know that Carr played well enough last year to generate uh, some free agent interest in Nelson Aguilar and really revitalize the career of Aguilar. And so there's this huge opportunity sitting there right in front of rugs. The question is, you know, does he have the skills to take advantage of it? So, We'll see there. It's interesting. You hear a lot about them wanting him to bulk up. One of the sort of fun and I'd say silly, one of the stories that has been repeated a number of times about Jaguars offseason and Jaguars camp is that Urban Meyer felt like DJ Chark was terrible last year and needed to really get to work, bulk up, be stronger, not be such a pansy out there, basically. And supposedly Chark has done that. And now Urban Meyer is back on board, thinks that he's going to be very good. So we got a couple of guys whose coaches felt like they needed to uh, become legitimate NFL players in the offseason. We've got them on this roster. We'll hope that they have done that. Colin, we're one slot away. If Rondell Moore can make it one more player, 
then we'll at least have exposure to a rookie who could be the fourth or fifth option in their wide receiver group. Yeah, and if we, if oh, oh my god, I was about to say like, uh, <laughs> there's no way he goes, he's gone. Um, so Sean, I, I'll make a quick pitch. I think that we pivot here probably to tight end, and uh, I know I mentioned usually in the tenth round going for Gasecki. I think, and I know we have the week fourteen bye with John O'Smith, who you mentioned earlier, also is that week fourteen bye. Are you pivoting to tight end here? Are you happy with that sort of selection, or do we go for that? second quarterback and i know there's the question marks at the moment around burrow but we do the likes of Tannehill there as well what's your thoughts here because this is usually the range we're diving into those zero rb running back guys well do you have any interest in taking three quarterbacks because herbert would be the clear choice but as we always mention the week seven buy is going to be a problem there also i think that sermon or michael carter i think that just taking another running back here and having the great value is more appealing to me okay Go with, you, make the, you, you make the call i would go with sermon okay so we take sermon there was that the right selection yeah <laughs> we will it seemed like he made the decision very quick because for the listeners listening and he was not and i don't think he was in our queue at that point so uh i, I like carter but i think and this is something we talked about in one of one of these other listener leagues is the upside of that running attack that the 49ers want to go with and the possible explosive nature of that offense. I think uh, Sermon has a much higher upside than than Carter and the Jets have in that offense. Yeah, and I think the upside is what we were looking at there. Carter, I think, has a, a, an easier road to touches. I think he's going to be the starter. I think that Mostert is going to be the starter for the 49ers. We selected him in one of the other listener leagues. But when we're looking at different contingencies that could play out, you know, what are the scenarios that you win the $100,000 with? Don't have a lot of exposure to Sermon. If I'm going to have it, I much prefer to have it at this level than at that sixth round level where his ADP is. And so I think that this was the chance to get it in a situation where there were no other good choices. And that's probably for me the only situation in which I would have Sermon considering you know what the prices are for him. But the dynamism there, you know, if Mostert continues to have trouble. He's really gotten into it with the media about the knee brace that he wears as a preventative tool, but we know that he's had trouble staying healthy. They have some other guys. Wayne Gallman is someone that we like really late, probably in a deeper format than this 18-round format, but the, the potential or the scenario that Sermon could have an absolutely monster season, again, we're looking at a build, and we've kind of been forced into it where running backs are going to have to factor into the flexes for us. Now, we talk all the time about the necessity for wide receivers in the flex, the importance of winning the flex, but you have to play the draft that you're given. And one of the things that we see with an RV listener league is that you're going to have a little bit different choices. And so we want to make those choices as they come up. Losing Rondell there is a heartbreaker. I feel like we're going to have plenty of games. You know, plenty of games this season where we look at that and if we just had him in our wide receiver group it would have all worked out i still like this roster the way it's coming together it, it's frustrating you know you almost would like to go back and make the lamar jackson pick i would have pushed for lamar jackson over josh allen if not for the vaccination issue if we had jackson we could have taken herbert herbert's adp obviously earlier as well and that would have been a very dynamic duo 
Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll save that because we will recap these drafts after the, the listeners who are drafting have... I put out the question. I wanted to make sure it was uh, they were going to be happy with it. I asked... Do you want your team rated after it? And they said rated uh, as as harshly kind of as, as we want. But so far, these lineups are all looking uh, really good. Interesting though that you mentioned that you know that is something we look at after these drafts is if we could switch, what would we do? And that is uh, interesting. But I think Alan just based on based on the value, I think it's I think it's a good spot to get him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think if we got Rondell Moore there, we would be extremely pleased with how it's turned out and. There's times where we're getting more in the 12th, 13th round, and even a couple of weeks ago, even later than that. And, you know, in this draft, he's going at the 902. And I was just about to say, when he went off the board, I was going to say, there's like, he, he's not even, if you look at the FFPC, like ADP, he wasn't even like on the first two pages. <laughs> and he went the pick before. So the, that's what you get when you're, you're drafting against people who are uh, clued into what we're trying to do as well I, I would imagine that uh, jesse who took him there was uh, fully expecting that that was probably the selection we were going to take but uh sean as we go through it we have some very interesting teams we will do a full review at the end but i'm going to give a shout out here to team number nine sean's twitter started with stefan Diggs, cd lamb jamar chase amari cooper lavisca chenault mike williams debo samuel kareem hunt and justin herbert so he's really representing the uh zero rb brand here so far Yes, we had a team in the first listener league make it into round 12 before selecting the first running back. When you're presented with Kareem Hunt in round eight, that's going to be a difficult one to avoid. 
And so you mentioned that team. That team looks to me like one that is going to not just win the flex, but eviscerate the rest of the competition in the flex. He has Justin Herbert as a fantastic value in round nine. And one of the things that we mention all the time is that if you get into one of these leagues that's wide receiver heavy, that doesn't necessarily mean that you want to pivot, right? And we feel like we were forced into it and maybe that we made some mistakes. It'll be interesting to watch that develop and yet at the same time if you're in the right spot and i think that he was very clearly in the right spot to make these picks jamar chase in the late third a good value amari cooper in the early fourth a good value Lavisca chenault in the late fifth mike williams in the early sixth and then he was the the drafter who got debo that's perfect you're not even having to reach in this draft and then you know you're going to get those running back values to really fall and so the execution there absolutely fantastic Matthew in pick eight has done something somewhat similar in having this just dream start of Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. I really, uh, Tyreek Hill was the direction I was kind of leaning at the third spot, but I mean, you just really can't pass on Waller, right? But Hill anywhere after like four or five, I think is a fantastic value. Justin Jefferson should be a first round pick. Gets both of those guys, gets Chubb, comes back with Cooper Cup, I like his value a little bit better than Robert Woods. Gets Patrick Mahomes, so you have this insane... In the fifth round. Right. So you've, got the, you, you've got this insane QB upside. Cortland Sutton, someone we were talking about as a pick we wanted. Miles Gaskin in the seventh. And then the Tanyan Gesicki pairing at tight end. Again, two guys we talked about. So uh, we'll talk more about the teams after the draft, but these guys off to really, really good starts. Colin, we're four picks away here. Some of the names that we have in our queue are Johnny Smith, Cole Komet, uh, some names you would like to be looking at much later, but in the wide receiver group, we have Traquan, we have Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis, those two Buffalo options. Again, Buffalo uh, there with the week seven, you compare them with Josh Allen. I really don't necessarily prefer the stacks in best ball. In most cases, they don't work out as well as people think, generally speaking, but in the tournament version, and that's the version we're doing today, you wouldn't mind having exposure to Allen with a Sanders, with Davis, perhaps even with both. Again, you, you end up with that week seven issue continuing to compound if you do that stack there. Where are we looking both positionally and in terms of value with this pick? We only have one QB, Stafford, Brady, Tannehill, Burrow, all still there. I, th- I think the values here at this particular point in the 10th round, I think we're looking at QB. Um, I haven't a huge amount of Matthew Stafford this year. Obviously, I think he's a, a really good quarterback, uh, move team this offseason, but uh, I, I really like him. I know you've been drafting Tom Brady, and as I say that, Matthew Stafford has gone off the board. So we have the likes of Brady and Tannehill. We have the concern around Burrow and Lawrence over the last couple of days. I'm interested to see if what you think about shooting for the – the moon with somebody like a, a Trey Lance versus those guys that I mentioned earlier quarterback and are we looking at quarterback as we are one pick away I think if we hadn't been uh you know with those running backs we have to start there's options like you know James Robinson's there uh, James Connor's there there's guys there who I really like at this point but based on our build I think and um, we have to look somewhere else and Marvin Jones is the pick right before us so we do have the choice now of those QBs Brady, I think has the potential for this season where he's at the 5,000 yard, you know, 40 plus touchdown level. Tannehill brings a little bit of rushing production. Joe Burrow, 
that same sort of scenario you would get, had, you would get but you wouldn't get that Tannehill jones stack potentially too if you're interested in the tournament format right right and so something else to consider with those guys i think that one of the things that we could do would be to push this pick if we had someone else that we liked what are your thoughts on taking Janu here and sort of waiting to see what happens at QB in the interim? Okay, I, I'm happy to go with that. I'd probably lean Komet over Smith, but uh, if you want to go Smith, I'm happy to do so. He has that week 14 by. <laughs> and Smith is the pick. Okay, so um, go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just interested um, with the news on Smith over the last few days, are you... You know, is that is that boosted your thoughts around where he's going? Um, I know you like Komet as well. I do. I'm I'm looking to get Komet a little bit later, even though uh, we would probably expect him to go a little bit earlier in our draft as someone that we have focused on. I think if we could get him coming back in the next wraparound, then that becomes a little bit more of an appealing option. I think you can take the week 14 guy in this situation because we have the the round one tight end. We would expect Darren Waller to still be the person who takes those points week 14. It gets us through that. John is somebody who helps us throughout the full season with the flex and with the potential to put up the big game anytime that Waller maybe uh, would have a bad game. And even someone who scores at Waller's level is not going to have 20 points in every single week. Colin, what are your thoughts on allowing QB to slide again. Do you think that these guys will come back or the value here has become significant enough that if we pass, we're going to have far worse options at the next turn? Well, I think we'll still have a lot of options, obviously, if we wait to the next turn, but I do think we're into that. You know, uh, we're probably looking at the likes of Matt Ryan, Justin Fields, Cousins, Mayfield, Fitzpatrick. We're into that that kind of range. Um, so it just depends how you feel really about Brady and Tannehill, and it depends how you feel about Burrow. I, I'm still very happy with Burrow to select him. I think we're going to be in a situation where it's going to take him a little bit of time to get comfortable, but if we're looking at having Josh Allen, and we're probably going to have him for most of the season. I think then we can get the upside weeks of Burrow as the season progresses. So I, I'm, I'm open to him as a selection as well, um, but I'm, I'm open to passing, uh, depending on who we're passing on them for. Who who would you be looking to select if we're if we're passing on quarterback? And I also think that I, I know we're not going to draft him, but James Conner's still on the board uh, at the eleven oh two at this point. I think that would be whoever drafts him is getting a phenomenal value too. But who who are the kind of versus options here? I guess we'll say Connor is someone that I am looking at with this pick because I think that <laughs> the upside that he has in that Arizona so offense it's so lit. Yeah, it, and I mean. If things break the way that we kind of expect them to break, the point value for him is going to be off the charts. Now, I do also like Tom Brady here. They play the Buffalo in week 14. That's going to be a shootout and get us through that week 14 to get you know a little bit further in the tournament. And so that element is also very, very appealing. I feel like whoever scores the most points of those two quarterbacks in week 14 is going to be a level that allows us to advance. And so those would be the two things that I would be considering at this juncture. Yeah. I'd probably lean towards quarterback based on structure. Um, but I'm open to you if you want to go Connor, but I would lean Brady. Okay, so we go Brady right there. We hope that 
the extreme devaluing of the running backs will continue to push Connor down and back <laughs> around to us. I can't see that. I bet he goes in the next four picks. I'll put that over under on it. But even even Brady at the eleven oh three is a strong value there. I feel, and I feel just like you mentioned when we're looking at those correlations in the playoffs. I think that puts uh, us in a strong position there as well. I think that. Connor is somebody I'm targeting in pretty much every draft if I get into you know a build where I don't have the running backs. But as we go through here with Eckler, Dobbins, Edwards, Lair, Sermon, I think you know if those guys aren't starting the majority of weeks for us, we're probably going to be in a, a little bit of trouble to start off because of the value we've invested in them. And I think if we put Connor in there, then we're starting to get into a position where at the onesie positions there could be a little bit of concern especially if one of those guys goes down in this season if we don't have that depth that's the other thing i was going to mention to you when we took johnny smith in the week 14 by is there any concern there if let's say darn waller gets injured in season i guess we'll probably look at if our first round pick goes down we're probably toast anyway but uh, is there any concern there to picking a third tight end based on the week 14 by I think it depends purely on how the rest of the draft falls out. And if we have options to uh, get these receiver points or not, and who we really want to uh, risk it with who we don't, that kind of thing. I don't think that we want to force the third tight end in order to get coverage for that. Because like you mentioned, if, if Darren Waller goes down, there are lots of situations. If you have a zero RB build that you can still make it through. And we've seen that happen in the past. I think in a tournament like this with the best ball element, it becomes even more challenging. So that's something that we have to sort of be aware of. So basically, no, I'm not I'm not pushing for that third tight end. But if Comet gets back to us, then you know I wouldn't be avoiding it in any way, shape, or form either, especially because most of the receivers that we're looking at now are going to be very late receivers. There's no immediate need to add people at a position where we're so deep in the tiers that people that we like at this point we probably can expect them to be available in rounds you know 17 18 that kind of thing however as we see kj hamler will probably go off the board in the round 12 in this draft <laughs> exactly we've seen hamler go off the board very early in the listener leagues which i think is is pretty fun because they know that he is someone we are looking at I have it. I'm just, I'm just going to mention here one of the there's a, Matthew has mentioned that his team this looks nothing like any other team I've drafted this year. You guys have pillaged wide receiver down to the rubble and surprised Randy Moss is still out there. So <laughs> I think uh, Matthew might be feeling the way that we're feeling at this point in time, Sean. But this it, it makes it fun, makes you think on your feet, makes you make those decisions. And what I do think it really makes you do is when you go in and you draft in a a regular league then you really have your senses about you and you can really make those decisions uh, and, and be quite fluid and what i've noticed is the drafts that are going on this week that aren't with the listeners i'm getting every target that i want and it feels like i'm getting them so late in those drafts so jesse out of the two slot who started very similarly to the way we did with kelsey gibson deandre swift uh, he's been able to dig out at the wide receiver position much more successfully. Selected Jerry Judy in the fourth round, then did go back to the well in the same way that we did in the fifth round with Travis Etienne, but then has gone Antonio Brown, Dak Prescott, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore. He was obviously the person right there next to us who was able to get Rondell from us, Gabriel Davis and Terrace Marshall. This draft is 
rookie wide receiver heavy. Colin, how do you feel about that given the overall context where some of the other pickings were were slimmer? No, I think overall, like it's gone exactly probably how I expected to go with the guys that we're, we're drafting along with here. But it's interesting, Sean, after we took Brady, and that was a, a decision that we were kind of thinking about. We've had Trey Lance go off the board, then Evan Ingram, but then Ryan Tannehill, James Conner, who went on the fourth pick after that over-under I set, so that was a push. But then we had Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Kurt Cousins, Matt Ryan, Justin Fields, Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, and then Baker Mayfield has gone since. So I think in hindsight, that pick of Tom Brady has uh, has worked out well for us there. It has. We were able to fight off the huge QB run that more or less had to happen in that area. Unfortunately, Komet gone, James Robinson gone in round 12 here. Colin, we have a lot of very deep wide receivers on our board at this point. Is there any other position that we would be also looking at given some of the values that arguably are available? Okay, so Colin, we are two picks away in round 12. Do you have some deep sleepers at wide receiver that you like at this point? I'm going to make a pitch, Sean. I don't know if you'll agree or disagree. Um, We've taken Tom Brady. We need a little bit of depth maybe for that week 14 by a tight end. Robin Krauske is sitting there, and for me at this point, probably feels like the value versus where we're going to get some of these wide receiver options a little bit later. Trey Smith is there. I think he could be interesting with the the news obviously for um michael thomas the other player i'm probably starting to look towards then is somebody like emmanuel sanders which is a little bit of a later pick uh, how do you feel about uh, gronk at that point yeah i i just don't see where the volume is there for him i might be more interested in a breakout candidate like an adam troutman but later on in the draft I think they've become a little bit more interesting. I, I do like your mention of Trey Quan. I think that Emmanuel Sanders may be a, an almost must pick for us in, the in next terms pick. of how it fits. And so maybe someone we wanted to reach for. I was interested kind of in Brian Edwards as someone who would pair with Henry Ruggs and at least one of those guys potentially break out and give us that production. Out of those three column here with 15 seconds, do you have a direction that we think we should go first in order to protect, you know, getting two out of the three in this section? I think Smith is probably the one based on ADP. Um, just the only thing, obviously we've taken Smith, but the only thing I would have mentioned was if you thought that prioritizing Sanders would have been the way to go. But I think we probably are going to need to, to hit some wide receivers here. So I think on the way back, I think Sanders is probably the pick. And I think, I know you mentioned Edwards. I do think that the likes of, edwards i think that's a, a smart pick but if we can get him to to roll back to us in the, the next two rounds because i think we're starting to get into some guys then where the the teams that have gone heavy at wide receiver at the start of the draft are going to have to start to look towards running backs and other positions and i think that will give us a chance to get some of those guys as, as a little bit of a value um so we are one pick away do you think sanders to pair with Allen, and then that you know we have obviously you mentioned brady as well having that uh, same same content or same game in the the playoffs. Do you think he is the the pick to go here? I, I'm starting to get more and more intrigued by Sanders uh, the closer we get to the season here. Yeah, so they had some reports that he's going to be the number two guy if Cole Beasley continues to have trouble with the things that he's currently involved in. Then perhaps that opens up some touches. 
if Sanders really does play ahead of Gabriel Davis, which I have a, a lot of trouble with because Davis really looks like this big breakout guy, then, I mean, the upside for Sanders at this point connected to Josh Allen in an offense where we really don't know where the volume is going to go after Stephon Diggs. And in a situation where wide receiver is so completely and totally picked over, uh, I think that we have to take Sanders and hope that that, that works out in terms of allowing us to get some points at this position that is so difficult. And we, we very quickly, we get into a scenario where our wide receivers look half decent with Smith and Sanders added back into the equation. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think uh, I've always been somebody who liked Emmanuel Sanders. Well, always is a strong word. I think since he was obviously tied to, to Peyton and the Broncos, but uh, I think that there's definitely going to be usable weeks, whether he's the number two and it's, you know, that we can rely on him every week. But I, I think we're in a situation where there's going to be multiple weeks that's going to help us. And then obviously uh, tethered to Josh Allen is going to help us as well. Uh, but Sean, we are going to put a pen in it there for this one. We're going to be back then with another edition as we move throughout the draft. We're getting into those later rounds now. We are through the 13th round. We will be going through the rest, and then we'll be recapping the draft as well. So thanks to everyone who's tuned in. Make sure you leave us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. You can follow Sean on Twitter at FF underscore Contrarian. Uh, lots of content on that. But really where you want to find Sean's content is on rotoviz.com. Check out all the great work he does up there. And of course, check out Stealing Bananas as well. That's going to end this one. As always, you can get that discount on Rotoviz for a Rotoviz subscription. RV Radio 2021 is the code. Until we're back with the next episode, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.